0: This is the Tea Room Podcast. I'm Wendy John. Thanks for joining me. When I was little, I was enamoured with a TV show called A Country Practice. Do you know the show? It was set in Wondon Valley, a fictional outback town, and the show dominated the Logie Awards. Wondon Valley had some great healthcare practitioners, Dr. Elliot, Matron Sloan, and the golden haired Dr. Simon Bowen, who falls in love with and marries the local vet. Idyllic? Yes. Realistic? Well, not all country practices have such happy endings, but amidst stories of regional clinics desperate for staff and the burden of rural health being 1.4 times that of metro areas, there are glimmers of hope. Today's episode is about one of them, and there's some clever business advice shared by our guest, Dr Richard McKinnon.
1: I'm a rural GP that works at Crystal Brook, uh, 200 kilometres north of Adelaide, and i have being here 34 and a half years.
0: Crystal Brook. I immediately had visions of a charming country village and a flowing stream of crystal clear water. But Dr McKinnon set me straight.
1: We're in the bit north of South Australia. We, we attract a lot of grey nomads because of the name. But there is no babbling Brook. It's not an idyllic. English kind of it's dammed upstream and about every five years it flows for about a week through our beautiful golf course and water hazards turn into true water hazards so, but it is a lovely town it is still a lovely town and we're only a town of about 1800 people in the town and we service a population of about three
0: to three and a half thousand with surrounding farming area so we have 10 doctors yeah, you heard him correctly, 10 GPs. That's roughly three times the national average per head of population. And so this got me very curious. How did that come about?
1: When I was here 35 years ago. We came for three months. There were two doctors, me and another doctor, and gee, we did it hard. And after 10 years, I had to take time off because, I, you know, it was really burning out. And my wife said, you're not doing that again unless you find someone else. And so we started taking on registrars and... We look after our registrars and the good ones and the ones that like us and the ones that we like them join, and we've gradually built up to 10 doctors. My three partners have all been my registrars before, and now we continue to train, so we've got three doctors in training at the moment.
0: Dr McKinnon said that the secret to it all was basically the golden rule, do unto others. Oh, and realise that things have changed a lot in the last 35 years, so one must adapt.
1: There's no way you'll get the current generation, quite rightly, and I no criticism at all, they won't go to single doctor practices, they won't go to two doctor practices, and they probably these days won't go to three doctor practices because it's all about work-life balance and lifestyle. So if you want to continue to provide services, then you need to adapt to that. So we've always maintained that when registrars come, we look after them. They don't do any more on call than I do. They're very well supported. And if they want to go and play netball in winter and they're on call, I'll cover them and they'll cover me when I want to go sailing. And people have got young families and they don't do as much on call. So basically, it's basic human decency. You treat people how you want to be treated. And surprise, surprise, people come back and want to work with us. So if there's a secret, that's the secret.
0: Now, that's all well and good if you already have a fair-sized practice. But if you're a small struggling clinic in the back of Burke, how can you scale up?
1: So we started with one registrar and then we got asked to take two. And, and you know, a couple of the registrars that came through have since become my partner's fantastic teachers. They just love teaching. So the registrar's... Registrars will talk and they know that Crystal Brook is a good place to come to. They'll get really good teaching. They'll get looked after. And it used to be, what should I say, practices could choose registrars, but registrars use practices now and they'll go where they get quality teaching and good bang for their butt. So build up a reputation and it happens. But you know, it's, it's critical times. If two or three of us left and suddenly you're down to seven and you've got the same workload, et cetera. And suddenly, you know, registrars say,
0: oh, you've got to work a lot harder. You have to keep working at it. Keep working at it. There's no quick fixes in any of this, but it is a model that is replicable.
1: My son, he went through as a GP registrar. He's moved over to another country town over the Riverland, about three hours away, Loxton, and they're exactly the same. They have nine to ten doctors there, and it's a viable practice. And you never hear about these practices when they're talking about rural practices. You all hear about the disaster one, but there are thriving practices out here that are sustainable.
0: But to be fair, there are demographic and geographic features about Crystal Brook, which might make it both more appealing and affluent than other bush towns. It's located about 30 kilometres from the industrial seaside town of Port Pirie.
1: Crystal Brook is a thriving town because Port perry has got the lead smelter in it and it's a, a different socioeconomic environment. So we have a lot of people in Crystal Brook who will commute into Pirie and so people perceive that it's safer to live in Crystal Brook. So, you know, at one point we had five policemen living in Crystal Brook but working in Port Perry because it's only a 20-minute drive. We have lots of teachers.
0: Crystal Brook is also growing by about 2% each census. People are retiring into our town. Another group on which we built retirement homes. But the reason they
1: retire is, A, because we provide facilities, but B, because there's good medical facilities. You know, people want to retire into a place where they can see a doctor.
0: You can imagine the healthcare burden that an increase in retirees creates. Yet Crystal Brook is also visited by a good selection of non-GP specialists who have steadily increased the capacity of the GP team to be able to diagnose and treat some complex conditions. This was all enabled through the Rural Doctors Workforce Agency, the South Australian not-for-profit funded by State and Commonwealth. Dr McKinnon chaired it for about 15 years. Now, through the agency, the Crystal Brook Medical Centre has formed decades-long relationships with non-GP specialists who live in Adelaide but visit the town to treat patients. One of these relationships is with rheumatologist Dr Simon Burnett. And part
1: of the deal of that was that if we were supporting you like a Simon Burnett, that when you went out there, you, you, you saw the patients, but you also sat down with the GPs and had a chat with them informally, but also you'd do formal lectures and formal talks to doctors and students and so forth. And that, and that was a... From a GP's point of view, that was just a wonderful service. Being able to get that one-on-one, and most of the specialists are asked to do one or two sessions a year on continuing education, but that's more formal education. But one of the things I really valued is kind of sitting down for a coffee, and you know, talk about various golf handicaps. But then say, oh Simon, now this, just remind me about gout or remind me about you know SLE or whatever. And then when I got the patients that come back with a a couple of abnormal results, being able to literally pick up the phone and
0: speak to him about it and manage things over the phone before before he gets to see them. Alongside the golf talk, they obviously talk a lot about rheumatology too. Although about 5% of Crystal Brook's population have rheumatology diseases, many of them do not ever see the rheumatologist Dr Simon Burnett.
1: Through Simon's education over the years, I manage new gout, not a problem gout's easy with his regime. Once every three or four years, I say, Simon, I'm not winning here. You know, he says, I'll see them. So he's done the education that, and then I pass that on to the registrars and we have templates in our best practice medical program that they can just print out and they just follow the template for treating gout. In general, I think rural GPs will do more procedures perhaps than our city colleague because you don't want the patient to have to travel 200 kilometres or whatever. And as long as you learn the technique properly and you're not kind of putting patients at increased risk, we'll do those things. And we try to encourage and teach the registrars coming through. So another one is rheumatica. You know, I'm confident to be treating that now. It's pretty easy. But once we get to all, all the real funny test ones, we talk to Simon.
0: Because of the existing relationship, Dr McKinnon says he can just pick up the phone and know that he'll get the answers he needs.
1: Sometimes you might do all these tests and you get one abnormal test and you think, well, what does this mean? And you are up Simon and he said, just ignore that. That's just a one-off test. It might declare itself in a year or so time. So it gives you that real confidence to, mm. to be going on rather than kind of going and investigating for an abnormal test, which mm. doesn't really need investigating. The other skill he's taught me is injection of joints. I was injecting shoulders anteriorly. He said, why are you doing that? You know, just go posteriorly. It's so easy. So show me that technique. So I now do most of the shoulder joint injections. So I'll do those joints and show the registrars and things. And that's a, that's a really good technique. All my colleagues send them off for ultrasounds and cost the government kind of four times as much because they have to have an ultrasound.
0: Dr. McKinnon suggested that perhaps younger doctors tend to be more reliant on technology rather than good old fashioned clinical nows.
1: It's what they see. It's not their fault. It's what they see in big teaching hospitals. More reliant on sophisticated investigations, CAT scans, MRIs. They see all all the injections being done into joints, all under ultrasound. So that becomes their norm. So yeah. they think if you if you're not using an ultrasound probe, then they're somehow not getting you know proper care. And it's it's kind of wrong. And I think they they are kind of losing. The lacumen, they're sacrificing that a little bit Mm. to the ready availability of investigation.
0: He told a story of a friend of his who visited a private emergency department in Adelaide with an acutely painful foot. After a series of investigations and a $1,500 bill, the doctor prescribed antibiotics. It didn't help. The patient finally saw Dr McKinnon with the same complaint. It was gout. And I said, you didn't need all those investigations.
1: And I looked up his blood test and his urate was high. We treated him with prednisolone and he's been pain-free since. It kind of breaks my heart. You go to medical school and you'll do, let's say in my case, six years of medicine, then you do four years postgraduate. So basically you've done 10 years training. Well, if you then don't use your clinical acumen, I've, I've, that just breaks my heart. Now, here's something really radical. In general practice, if people are going to be doing that, seeing things and ordering investigations, We could run a model very well with practice nurses, really good, good nurse practitioners with us supervising for things when they aren't quite right. It's a model we should look at because I don't think Medicare can support the model that we're using at the moment.
0: Expanding the scope of nurse practitioners is well underway in places like Western Australia. In February, Health Minister Mark Butler announced $11 million funding, saying it's time for nurses to stop being limited by, and I quote, outdated regulation and turf wars. Now, other changes to Medicare, this time COVID-induced, have also boosted regional and outback health services. Combined with digital health technologies becoming more of the norm, MBS changes to telehealth billing has been a boon, especially for busy farmers and graziers, whose availability depends on the seasons and floods and fires and lambing and seeding and harvesting. You get the picture.
1: So... Now, I can say, look, it's the middle of seeding. I get that you, you know, haven't got a spare half hour to come in and see me. Give me a ring. Give me a ring. We'll just do a phone consult. We'll see how you're going. I can re-prescribe medication. We can give them their prescriptions on their phones and they don't have to get off their tractor.
0: So although Crystal Brook may not be Wandon Valley, it would, I'm sure, win a Gold Logie Award if there were such a thing for real country practices. At least the registrars seem to think so. I'm Wendy John. Thanks for joining me and Dr. Richard McKinnon in the Tea Room. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can search for us on your favourite podcast player and subscribe. Leave us a review if you like. If you have any news tips or want to chat, you can email me at Wendy wendyatmedicalrepublic.com.au. The Tea Room is a production from the journalists at the Medical Republic. Visit us at medicalrepublic.com.au to keep up to date with all the latest news and views in general practice. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. We love to keep you informed. Thanks for tuning in.